we're doing another uh, magical machine recording, and today I'm with Sean Trevisic. Hello, Sean. Hello, Philip. Hi. Thank you for having me. Hey, you're, I'm not sure about your choice of uh, terms. Edit. Edit everything <laughs> out. So, uh, first of all, where are we, Sean? We are in the Phoenix pub in Denmark Hill in beautiful South London, gazing across at a recently constructed helipad on King's College Hospital. It's a fucking awesome helipad, I have to say. It looks like, for any of you that have ever played Eve, it looks very much like um, they've put one of the uh, space stations and it's landed on the top of the hospital. All these exposed girders, you can see all the way through from one side of the building to the other. Um, it's, it's quite an awesome sight. We are gazing upon the future. Gazing upon the future. Um, also, I want to say that uh, there's going to be an alarm that goes off at some point. Um, having interviewed Carl Webster recently, um, I had three hours worth of audio that I had to edit, and that was just a bit too much. So we're going to put on a 30-minute timer starting now. So there'll be an alarm that goes off at some point uh, telling us to shut up. And we may choose not to shut up. We may I will certainly obey the rules. Good man. You're very compliant. I am. So... Two questions. There's only two questions. Cheers. 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 Thank you for agreeing to this. Uh, uh, my pleasure. I think. Uh, dubiously. It's a bit dubious. It's a bit dodge. Um, so, question one. Sean Trevisan. Yes. Given that there be uh, some people listening to this that aren't our immediate family or other people that have been interviewed, I'm sure they all will. <laughs> be some people. Uh, it's a three line whip in my house. It'll be, uh, be false. Yes, that's what I've heard. Uh, that'll be uh, t- come come money on Friday some people listening to this who have it sounds a bit no, deliverance actually no, I'll get, I'll be, yeah it? no I'll get the banjo ding 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 I could just I could just comp that in oh let's leave it let's leave a moment let's leave it at that there we go right no, son. so um, to give a little bit of context um, because that's something that I failed to do terribly well on the very first one of these we ever did who uh, try and, and set the scene with um, question number one which is, how would you go about uh, describing yourself to somebody who might be listening to this who's got no fucking clue who you are? Well, uh, I'd have to throw a question back at you, which is, who is my audience? What, listening to this? Yeah, well, no, 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 no. If, you know, if you're in a club, say, oh, we'll and you, you you're saying, oh, I'm a, and you shout over them, I'm a, yes, 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 yes. I'm a TV wanker, yes, yeah. I'm a TV Oh, if I was talking to my osteopath, as I was, you know, I'd say, oh, well, actually, uh, I'm a television producer and try and sound sort of erudite because I know he deals with yeah, lots of lovely yeah. middle class people and, and I feel too. a little bit scruffy and I, and I had BO, as I told you earlier. Well, it's not BO, was it? It was a slightly. It's a mingy shirt. Anyway, shirt, shirt, but uh, backstory, yeah. So, anyway. Trampy, trampy kind So of I felt a bit trampy. So, uh, who, who I say I am depends on who I am meeting. Who you're talking to. Yeah. Exactly, which is why I asked the question. I try and frame it in a way that. Uh, Imagine, if you will, yeah. I, I've got absolutely no idea who might be listening to this sort of thing that, uh, you know, where I don't know who they are. But mm. people are, weirdly, listening to this thing, and I've got no idea who they are. Right. Um, so it's some strangers that are listening to you being interviewed. That's, that's who you're telling. So this could be the NSA. It could be the NSA. Yeah. God, I have not the faintest fucking clue. So I focus you on the first question, which I feel quite yeah. smug about right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, thanks very much. Um, so I don't know. Is let's, that alarm gone yet? Let's say no, no. We're, we're, <laughs> we're getting there. I'm, I'm going to 
Turn the, uh, turn the oh, you don't turn it away so I can't see you it. Can't you tell me it. just I know, I know. counting down the minutes of my sentence in, yeah, a, in right. a slightly fearful way. So uh, imagine, all right, it's not people in a pub, certainly not osteopaths. I'd be very surprised if it's osteopaths. Don't, there's nothing wrong with osteopaths. It's, they it, click you back into shape. It might well be people who are interested in hearing from people that they wouldn't normally get to hear from. And it might be some people, given the, you know, question number two, it might be yeah. people who are interested in perspectives on the future. I've got no idea who the fuck those people are. Okay, uh, well, so I... So how would you describe I, yourself I, to them? Uh, it doesn't, doesn't have to be what you do. How would say. I... Yes, well, I was about to say that's quite interesting because how would you describe yourself to yourself well, is, a, is, a, is a fundamentally interesting question. Yeah. Um, and that really is baffling. That but is So, in fact, it's easier to project that onto other people and say... Um, well, I suppose my normal default as most people is it's to go with the job isn't yeah. it it's to go yeah. and I think you're, you're more inclined to go with the job if you are at least moderately entertained by or engaged by the job you do yeah or, so you yeah. know if you hate your job you don't you know you might not want to say associate with it yeah. but I you know I don't as it goes hate my job no so I'm I, I suppose I generally say these days television producer yes I do uh-huh. and if, you're, if you're sort of slightly creepy so Sean works in TV uh, uh, and factual television I like to, uh, I like to think it doesn't really give you any mostly factual mostly factual yeah Cre- uh, I, I once factual. worked with someone we called it um, <laughs> specumentaries uh, which, which was uh, at a low point some years ago I'd like to add it at this point Right. Where, where some of our the facticity, I think, is the correct, um, <laughs> was perhaps slightly more dubious than right. others who don't know much about the industry might imagine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, my osteopath today knew a great deal about the spear of Longinus. Oh, did he? Yes. Uh, not that I made it up. Had you, but wa- had you watched your documentary? I think he had. I see. I felt very. Do you think he was doing that to prepare for his, his customer? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I think it was just a, a sort of one of those weird moments where you feel a bit too close to each other. <laughs> and, you know, well, let, let alone the fact that I'm sort of semi-naked and he's on top of me with a cushion going click, click, click. But surely an osteopath is going to get yeah, no, well, really close That's his job. Yeah, it's it his job. But, yeah, but not mine. I, I, I prefer the more abstract ideas in life. Uh, human emotions are um, a bit with spot. Yeah. So, um, so you work in uh, in TV, a TV yeah. producer. Would you? Is there anything else you'd say to these strangers that might be listening to this uh, that might give them a better idea of who I, the fuck you are and why? I was trying to think earlier, right? Because I was aware you were going to ask me this question. Uh, and I, you know what? I shouldn't and there's no derivative know. of the word curiosity because I think really I'm a sort of curiositist or something. Interesting. I, no, no, but I just I do genuinely find the world utterly fascinating you know and I love ideas and I love no, not just abstract things but people are interesting as well but usually considered more abstractly um, but um, yeah I, I find it uh, I, I sort of I think I'm sort of quite outward focused rather than inward focused oh right yeah okay which is interesting given that um, you have you know background in philosophy or some which normally well from my sorry naive point of view philosophy does seem to be or at least there are elements of it which are very very inward focused yes yeah very self-indulgent but I mean that doesn't mean it's bad Mm. Um, no I'm not casting judgement Sean well there's nothing wrong with a good judgement in my view (laughs) right okay so uh, I think 
that gives us a bit of context, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So, so interested in ideas. Hang on, let me finish. All right, let all me right. fi- let me finish. Ah, let me finish. Safe. So, uh, interested, really curious, intellectually curious, interested in ideas, interested in, in the world, really. Excellent. Uh, Can we just explain why you got into TV? That, oh no, that's just that's that just, just blind luck. Fluke. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah, okay. There was not. I, I was hoping to be a philosopher, really. I mean, God. Well, you kind of are in a way. In the best way. armchair comic book variety. Yes. Armchair comic book philosophy. Yes. So, you know, if that's I was going to plus five, if I was going to put notes uh, next to these uh, little audio episodes, that would yeah. be a good one to put in. Curiositist. Curiositist and armchair comic book philosopher. Yes. Perfect. Uh, All right. Shall I do question two? Yes, if, if you want. All right. So question two is, in fact, the only other question, is uh, what sort of things are you most excited about over the course of the next seven years? Mm. Mm. Well, that, that's not um, so easy, actually. And there's no right or wrong, obviously, and they can be... All right, well, it's... Uh, from, there from there are, are a number of things ideas. I'm... What I'm excited about and what I'm interested in aren't the same things right no it's exciting yeah right, and what, that, that's see that's I'm, where I'm struggling here because there's a, yeah so I might have to be political a bit and then like a politician and try and turn the question on the head and say oh, yeah. the things that uh, sort of fascinate me yeah. about the next seven years are all manner of extinctions you know um, what do you mean well in the in the sense of just done a programme for the BBC quite nice about nature but it, it was it's very eye opening and quite shocking to see the level of extinction that's going on in the world. You mean biological? Yeah, of, of, of different species that we don't even know or haven't ever catalogued that are disappearing. And I'm not getting on a soapbox or anything. I just, as someone who's intellectually curious, it's a bit like, oh fuck, so all these things are going extinct. And we don't even know what they were in the first bloody place. Oh, we, we haven't even, we haven't even catalogued them. You know, not right, that yeah, cataloguing them is the be all and end all of anything. Uh, so I suppose that. It, you know, the flip side of... So what do you think over the course of the next seven years, let's bring it back well, into the frame? Yes. Is, I, I think, think there would be, be a more, catastrophic more? loss of life. Catastrophic yes. loss of life. Okay, well, that is interesting, but that is that exciting. It's not necessarily... Well, it's exciting if you're um, someone who loves death. <laughs> uh, I'm not. But I've, I've all, another thing that I've also been finding very interesting yeah. is I, I've been reading a, a book about death. So I'm trying to change the which, tone which, of the conversation which, which here. And it's doing. a book called uh, The Worm at the Core. And it, it's very enlightening, actually. And, and it's about lots of uh, sort of empirical studies that have been done about how people react and respond to death and the anxiety therein. And it attempts to sort of explain the human condition in terms of our fears about death and how institutions in fact, more often than not, reflect death anxiety than, than more positive things. Particularly things like the insurance industry. <laughs> well, yeah. But it's just sort of, what, what I found quite frightening is how often it makes people leap into a sort of very reactionary sort of, you know, that people, people who feel, feel that their immediate lives are under threat or have been recently given this sort of rude, ter- scary awakening. I sort of imagined, as I imagine many people out there listening might, that if you have a near-death experience, your reaction might be to sort of love the world more and to cherish it and to sort of be more generous to people. But most of the research, rather sadly, suggests 
that we do the opposite, All that you get more insular, yeah, we clamp yeah, yeah, down, yeah. we hate others, you know, if they're not our nation, they're not our religion, they're well, not that, our... That makes loads of it, sense. It, it sort of, well, it does make loads of sense to you. It didn't, yeah. it didn't necessarily to me, and I, it was really eye-opening. Um, so, yeah, so, I, so I, how, there, how there's a sort of relationship between the two here that I'm failing to really okay. No, no, tease no, 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 so yeah, I'm, I'm going to help you tease it out here. So, so we've got um, a... Quite excited, way, in, excited almost in a prurient way about uh, the. Prurient's not a bad word. It's a good yeah, word, right. isn't it? In a kind of the, yeah. inc- the increased possibility for extinction. Mm. There's lo- lots of new people coming into where we are in the pub. It's getting embarrassing. Uh, so uh, there could potentially be an awful lot more extinction, but mm. there's this uh, kind of human element about uh, the way that people are likely to respond. If, if, if death well, the, 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 I mean, there's all, you know, other, I, 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 it's funny, ever since I thought about it, you can frame so much in terms of extinction, like <laughs> extinction in terms of the political and the social and all that, you know, that, oh, right, you know, yeah, yeah, like, it's funny that the, well, the, 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 yeah, the extinction of the, well, the political, uh, political moderation, you know, we've got uh, the rise of both the sort of rather radical left, the Corbynistas in this country, and the sort of the flip side of that is the sort of nutty right, the sort of um, Donald Trump school of, yeah, right, right. You know, and they they're both though miles apart, and I you know far have sympathy with one side than the other, yeah. but they both seem to be symptomatic of a sort of leap to oh, yes, extremity, okay. yeah, yeah, and yeah. and that's causing a sort of extinction of a sort of you know the, the consensus that sort of drove society, yeah, right. and that's both a good thing. But also, a, a, you know, a scary thing. I mean, it's a good thing in it because it might cause the, if you like, the evolution of something new. No, no, but that's exactly right. I'm sorry, I'm just any, anyone listening who's sort of been slightly bothered by the kind of the peaking levels here. I've been I've been turning the dial on the recorder in the wrong oh. way. Oh. I've, been, I've been making it worse. Oh, my genius has been you made neglected it worse. and missed. You made it worse. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right. But that is how um, evolution occurs. Yeah. The, um, it can be no evolution it's, it's, without extinction. No, exactly. They the, are the, the term, flip sides. The yeah. terminology that's used in uh, biosciences yeah. is a moment of crisis. So oh. you have a moment of crisis. Yes, I think that, that sums so it up really for, well. For a species, and you either you die or you evolve, yeah. you adapt. Yeah. And so I think that, that might be what you're talking about. On, on a kind of a yes, no, yeah, I think that's what I'm sort of getting at. It's an exciting time. It's, it's both uh, a very exciting time. Uh, you know, you, whatever, and you can, it seems to me to be a naysayer that we're sort of living at the moment through, I think, a decade in which we're beginning to see the more negative consequences of the internet. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? The, the, the narrow casting, the narrow yeah. banding, the surveillance people, state. the surveillance state, the Filt- people that never, the self-filter, yeah. that never listen to anyone else's point of view. And yeah. that's what I'm saying about the extinction of the social. Yeah. Or, you know the social centre. Yes. Is if if we can't agree on the facts, yeah. Then what the fuck can we agree on? You know, at least when you had the traditional left and right, we might agree on what the facts were, but uh, or we could agree on what the facts were. But at least, I say that again. No, no. But you know, when we we could agree on the facts, even if our opinions about what we do to solve it is different. Right. Okay. But now okay. we are entering an age where we don't even agree on the facts. No, well, exactly, but this implies, and this probably takes us back to your philosophical roots, it implies that there is such a thing as objective truth. Um, and objectivity, it seems to me, is... The it, last it refuge of the scoundrel. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but could it, is it, is it even possible for human beings to be objective? And I knew you'd have a whole, no. I, should, I should probably get scientists on this at some point, but I'm sure well, there, there are, would say, yes, of course, you can have empirical truth. You can yeah, have, there, there is falsifiability, you know, when you, when you have a scientific law, you propose that X plus Y will do the, you know, if I yeah, throw, uh, if I shoot a squirrel out of the tree, will it die or whatever? And you can keep testing it and sort of prove that either. It's, well, how it's many squirrels? Would it, take? it might take a lot of squirrels, and it might go back into extinction <laughs> again. But uh, you make the squirrels extinct. To prove, but at least button. you'd know the scientific truth. At least you'd have the truth. That's true. And you could do a really nice PowerPoint chart. And that animal's life, its evolutionary history over billions, millions of years. Would not have been in vain. No, exactly, because it, it would have it, taught us something it about culminated in how a, a small, uh, what would you call it, Rodent? small arboreal mammal okay. reacts to a um, lead projectile shot at 350 miles an hour. But well, it doesn't have to be lead, does it? I mean, you could. No, take I'm sure a, these days it's, they could be made of uranium. You could, <laughs> maybe not for domestic use. I was, I was thinking more about, you know, my kids taking out a squirrel. They don't want to take out a score. Anyway, let's, let's just go into Anyway, it. so uh, so what am I excited about? Okay, so you're interested. You're sort of excited interested. about or anticipating then a, yes. an increasing number of crises yeah. which either force extinction or evolution. Is that right? Yes, yeah, sort of. I think that's quite a nice way of putting it, yeah. I'm quite good at uh, Summarising. No, well, I, I I was quite good at. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know how good our chances are at evolving from any of these crises. Yeah. But I'm an optimist, and you know, I have a uh, still fairly young family, and I think that comes with the territory of being an optimist. Yeah. And you kind of hope that we will all sort it out and resolve these rather pressing issues. Um, you know, not least of which is again very similar. In the Arab world, you know, yeah. there's David Cameron's 70,000 moderates, um, <laughs> you know, friendly forces in um, Syria might not materialise in quite the way we think they will. You know, and people become more and more polarised, and it's how you unpolarise people, I think. Yeah. Which is interesting because you're, you know, what you do for a living probably has. Or could at least anyway have uh, some kind of impact on the way that people get polarised. You know, the things that people believe mm. tend to be increasingly informed by but, the stuff uh, that they're exposed to, and you create a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and arguably you have you do have a responsibility when you make things yeah. like that. And you know, speculumentaries about the spear of Longinus are one thing, which are, you know are fairly harmless. Um, speculations well, about this, that, that, well, they might not be. You, I might be morally culpable on that. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or, Sorry, you know. Can you explain what the spear of Longinus is? For yeah, people who don't know what it is? This is uh, the spear that's meant to have pierced the side of Christ. There you go. Uh, while he was on the cross. Longinus was a centurion, I think is the right I word. I think he was a centurion. And then his spear was meant to have been handed down from generation to generation yeah. as a sacred relic that was eventually, you know, used by Charlemagne to defend the Holy Roman Empire. Wasn't and it, it wasn't just Charlemagne, was it? Were all sorts. Weren't the Nazis really the, interested? Uh, the Hitler, yes. I, well, I went to Nuremberg and went to the tunnels under Nuremberg where the Nazis stashed their, their looted treasures. Oh, wow. But whether the truth was that they, you know, I mean, they were into the occult, so whether they stashed the spear... Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> whether they stashed it there because they thought it really had power or where they stashed it there because they thought this would be worth a few bob if the right doesn't yeah, work yeah, out. Right. But did they actually have it? I mean, 
Yeah, no, I've seen it. Oh, I, I, have actual, touched, I have touched the spear of Longinus. Well, that explains a lot. Oh, right. Who's, you, in fact, you did some voiceover work on the very documentary. Oh, was it that Which one? went, whosoever owns the spear shall determine the fate of the world. Who's got it now? Uh, it's still in the Vienna. Um, it's, it, it's called a museum who, whose name I'm slightly drunk and slightly worried about saying. It's the Kuntisch Museum <laughs> in Vienna. I can't really do German very well, not tonight. It, it, it's, it's something very similar. Kuntisch Museum. So is this museum in any way directing the future of uh, I, mankind? I, I don't think they're directing my future anymore. <laughs> No, okay, I can yeah, do so personal other, stuff. Is, is there anything else that you find really exciting about the I mean, I still years, find uh, technology interesting. I still right. find what's happening with technology is a sort of magic. Yeah. You know, when we were, I should mention at this point, that Phil and I have known each other for many years since we were teenagers. Yeah. And, you know, and as teenagers, you imagine, what if? And all right, we don't get, we didn't get rocket cars, as no. the band famously said. True. Or jetpacks jet jet and any of that stuff. But you know the internet has been an amazing, amazing innovation yeah, to connect people with, and we shouldn't underestimate. Even if it currently seems to be very good at allowing terrorists to bomb people, uh, <laughs> right wingers to be divisive, and the NSA to spy on our every move, it, it, you know, originally it seemed like quite a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I always thought it was going to be a great thing for kind of leveling the playing field a little bit. You know, if you had shitloads of fucking money. Um, you weren't necessarily going to be able to you know, dominate society because suddenly everybody has. And I think it's voice. still true that people can start a you know business or an idea. Uh, you know, just the internet alone can generate sort of publicity and interest and other people sort of helping out. I mean, it, it, it has. I still think it has tremendous potential. Yeah. But I think it's now qualified with the rather. It's a bit like the. It's a bit like we're in the hangover of the internet right now. Yeah. yeah you know, I mean, we all part, oh, it's amazing. It's like the mind of God, all this sort of stuff. And then everyone's now waking up going, oh, fuck, Sarah Palin. And all, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, Jesus, yeah. Donald Trump. Well, everyone's sort of hungover with it now. I, I think and hopefully right. we'll get out the other side and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good, this. So what about, what about uh, technology it excites you then about the next seven years? It's... Can you have any kind of uh, uh, thoughts about what might or might not happen? I do like the fact that we're living in an age of the mini-series. Oh, right, yeah. I do think that, you know, a lot of Hollywood now, I mean, there's not very many successful sort of middle-brow directors. You know, Christopher Nolan's quite an interesting exception with the Batman stuff and Inception. There's not many people, you know, that make sort of pretty clever films that are also appeal to the geeky kind of superhero fantasy of idiots yeah, like yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, whereas yeah. in the miniseries, you can see a most, you know, a sort of amazing, engaging stuff. Yeah. And, um, and it doesn't have to, you know, cost a million. Yeah, all oh, the man in the high cast I've just been watching on Did you, Amazon. Did you watch it? And I enjoyed it very much, immensely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you see Mr. Robot? I started watching it the other day, so don't say too much. I won't say But it, it looked but really good. It, Again, but engaging but and, sim- and... Similar kind of thing. And dealing with sort of grown-up themes about today and, yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm excited about the potential for, you know, that the, the internet, maybe, or just the, it's the reaction to it from broadcast and everything else has, yeah, made lots of new um, niches in the ecology of yeah, entertainment. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. If you know what I mean, I've been doing. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to appeal to the mainstream to yeah. be successful. So in a way, we had conversations some years ago about the death of television and all this sort of stuff. And in a way, that old model of television, that monolithic model, has died. Yeah. Although not entirely, because I think people still love in this country, like the BBC. Yeah. You know, because again, that's a shared point of reference. Where whether you're left or right wing might be a consensus, which is right. beginning to sadly lack in lots of other countries. That's true, you know. but they don't have like the same sort of commercial agenda when commissioning programs. That, that or they might do. Other if we got so the they might, yeah, in charge. Do, yeah, no, they might have to. But you know, the, the, but, the, you know, they can appeal. They can create programming for niches. Yeah. Uh, you know, the fact that they have you know religious <laughs> stuff. No, there's always a religious. Not about me, but you know, on Radio Four and every fucking morning. You don't like Thought for the Day. I love Thought for Sit the Day. And I just think, why can't you have some people on Thought for the Day who aren't, you know, bishops or yeah. rabbis? Why can't? Well, I think you should have secular day. people and yeah, agnostic exactly. people. Why can't you do a Thought for the Day? You do an awesome I, I Thought just, for Can the I day. do a Thought for the Day? Is a sort of mystic. The Thought yeah. for the Day is five. Five or fish. <laughs> the Thought for the Day is fish. Or commodity prices. That would really get people going. They'd hate you for that. They would. They'd hate the, the, world, the global economy is lowering commodity prices and how that might cause a meltdown. Yeah. Apparently. Although, although yeah, actually, that could be a risk. Cause if you start getting people you know, from KPMG or something like that, maybe not KPMG. See, I don't think we should abolish money. We should abolish commodities. <laughs> then see where we are. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that you means. You might have to edit that out. No, no, I don't no, understand any of it. But it sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I could do? I could do uh, a mashup. A mashup. I'll, I'll do a mashup. <laughs> <laughs> How about try and um, sum up what you think um, the key points are oh, the next that, we, seven that, years. We, that we just know, that we just made, or that you just ah, made? Okay, the next seven years we're going to experience more of a crisis than ever before. The whole fucking world is poised on the brink. There's climate change, uh, extinction, both evolutionary, social, political, familiar. Uh, but, you know, that's always an opportunity, an evolutionary opportunity to move forward, do something nice, do something great. Be marvellous. It won't pat out that way. <laughs> so what, what, what will? How will it pan out? Darkness. Oh, darkness. Universal darkness, death and destruction. Yes. We should be gloomy about our prospects and then be nicely surprised when we find the glasses half <laughs> full. So low, basically... Lower, lower your lower expectations. expectations. Don't be yeah, selfish, yeah. narcissistic, okay. self-involved, anything like that. It's all going to come to shit. <laughs> but if you think, basically, fuck, we're about to die, then you're going to be really pleasantly surprised in the next seven years because we might not. I found a really good quote the other day. I really wanted to quote it to be wise. So this is a quote I was thinking of the other day. Oh, you found it. In the end... The glorification of splendid underdogs is nothing more than the glorification of the splendid system that makes them that way. Let us move on. That was the magical machine.